Welcome everyone to the Preacher Curled Podcast, where we discuss the vastness of ministry and how we as pastors and leaders end up in the fetal position. I'm Mason and I'm here with Cameron and two of our local besties on our podcast today. Yeah, we're excited to have our friends Seth and Spencer with us today as we continue to talk on internal relations. And today we're going to be focusing on, you guessed it, friends. So welcome Seth and Spencer. We're glad that you're here with us today. Yeah. So to get to know us and our guests better and to enjoy the church festivities, because this is the summer season when we're right. recording this, you know, sure. summer is a busy time with churches, a lot of camp stuff. So why don't we all just go around and we can share some of our, our funniest memories of camp growing up. Seth, go ahead. And what's what's your favorite story? <laughs> uh, my favorite story from camp. So Cameron, you and I uh, play a lot of uh, worship in uh, youth camps and stuff over the summers. And uh, we have this one friend, Brady who loves movies. Um, Love is an understatement. An understatement for Brady. Yeah. And uh, one night, being the youth or the band for the camp, you get special privileges and you don't have to go to bed at uh, the time that everybody else has to, so you can just kind of hang out. And um, our friend Brady decided he wanted to reenact the entire movie, line for line, scene for scene, all the way through from start to finish. None of us have ever seen this movie before, had no <laughs> clue what he was doing, and we let him go, I don't know, probably an hour, hour and a half just sitting I, there. I used up all the memory on my, like, yeah, you, slider you phone. Filmed all of Wait, did he stuff. play every single role? Yeah, everything. Oh, oh, and Lord. he was so sleep-deprived that he was moving, like, locations. Like, he was doing the full <laughs> thing. Yeah. It was fantastic. So, wait, wait, what movie was this? Drive oh. with Ryan Gosling, <laughs> which is a very... Strange movie, to say the least. For sure. It started off, every one of us was like, okay, what's about to happen? This is weird. We very much enjoyed it, and by the end of the hour, we were all like, please let this be over. Like, but it was fantastic. It was fantastic. It was a great memory. Because, uh, and he, it, it was like he gave the girl voice, and he gave the guy voices. He changed it up for evil characters, you know, like the bad guys yeah. and all of that stuff. Fantastic. And it was, it was amazing, and please I'm upset me. that I do not have that footage oh. anywhere oh, man. it may be somewhere i don't know but i don't have the footage anymore it's so. lost in the archives it was upsetting and it was funny we were talking about choosing our stories of what we were going to talk about and seth was like dude tell him about the movie theater so we're talking about worship and how we have uh kind of free reign to be privileges honest. privileges um we always had our own cabin uh, at the camp in Louisiana that we were uh, leading at. And one night we were like, hey, there's a spare projector screen right there. We're like, all right, all right, I see where we're going with this. Hey, there's a spare projector sitting right here. Okay, okay, Cause anybody can, can anybody convert into, you know, whatever, the a VGA or whatever, I think it was HDMI, I can't remember. And then I was like, well, I got my laptop. There's a red box like 10, 10 minutes away. <laughs> so we went and got a red box, came back. So, and if this is actually, we have footage of this one. Uh, we put this huge projector screen in our cabin and then did a MTV Cribs YouTube video, which is on YouTube, uh, of our cabin. And it's this huge, like, seven by seven foot screen inside this tiny cabin with their projector there. And... We watched, uh, I I can't remember, I don't remember what it was. was. I think it was an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. And the best part was that our friend Brady, who played bass, yes. we used his bass amp for it. Oh, yeah. So it shook the building yeah. so, so bad. So you're hearing gunshots, you know, in this movie. And the 
night watchman or the security yeah. guy like came and knocked on our door and was like, guys, you got to turn that down. Kids think there's gun, like the other cabins think there's gunfire <laughs> happening. It's fantastic. The They're all hiding under the bunks. And stuff exactly. like that. I think there's an intruder. Like, we're, we're over here like popcorn, big chilling, and other kids are like, somebody come and get us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm calling my mom right now. What about you, Spencer? So, uh, one of the big things with our camp uh, was every the last night at every camp they had a talent show. Oh yeah. And just I mean, we're, and, and you're like, hey, figure out what's a good funny story from camp. And it was hard for me to think. And then I come across remembering this one. There's a video of this one on Facebook. Oh, I'm gonna have to watch this. Oh, uh, dude. So we were doing a I don't even remember what the skit was, but it came to the point where it was judgment and uh they were being judged who would go to heaven who would go to hell and uh of course hell was off of the stage and the stage is like you know three and a half four foot tall and so we've a buddy of mine's playing the 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 angel casting them off and he got too into it and this one of our friends who's a girl she's like a buck 20 soaking wet and he just straight yeets her off the stage. <laughs> I mean, she hits the ground, falls over the altar, and rolls off into the first roll. Oh, and, my gosh. And everybody stops for a second. And no one broke character. No one laughed. And so we just kept going. We get up, dude. She's got a bruise down both legs. Oh, my god. Bruise goodness. on her arm. Oh it was Lord. so bad. It was, But it was like in the video, you just watch her. She just rolls. She played it off perfect. It was hilarious. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, she's he, just in two two casts on her legs, and <laughs> oh man, nothing beats like church camp skits. No, oh, dude, no. they're so one of my good. favorite times. Oh man, that's great. I can remember one of mine was I think I was in uh, sixth or seventh grade, and um, it was late at night, and we were doing this game time, and the counselors thought it'd be a great idea to take these water balloons. And they had slingshots, but this was like the heavy duty slingshots, the one that takes like three people to shoot. You got one on each side and like someone launching it. And so someone thought it was a great idea. Let's have all of the, like the middle school, junior high kids on one side of this football field, all of the counselors on the other side. And the counselors have the slingshots and water balloons and they're just launching them up in the air. And the kids on the other side have to catch them using their shirts. So just like pull out your shirt and like catch it. None of us are. Yeah. Yeah. You can probably see this going. Uh, (laughs) None of us were able to catch it. We're all just running around and it basically turned into like this artillery fire of water balloons by the counselors who I think, you know, it's about the end of the week and they're tired of us. I think this is why they got this idea. Well, one was flying towards me, stuck out my shirt to catch it, and I missed it with my shirt and it like pinpoint accuracy nailed me between the legs. They stopped right after that. They're like, yeah, maybe this is a bad idea. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Everyone go home, you know, eat your free ice cream for everyone. You know, it was, See, they, I just like laid there and cried. They told you the goal was for you to catch it. Exactly. The goal was for them to hit you. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't for you to catch it. But I don't think they ever thought, you know, <laughs> the one person they would hit would be right there in that spot. Party fell. My bad. Yes. <laughs> it, was, it was so painful. <laughs> we, had, we had a guy uh, in Louisiana, Seth and I did. And he is the most artistic guy that, you know. Oh, Steve. Yeah. Oh, Steve, man. Steve, if you're listening to this, we love you, buddy. Um, but he, they have what they call camp in a box. And it's literally a trailer they pull, they pull and it has everything inside of it they need for camp. Hmm. And, I mean, everything. They built a, like, 
10 foot by 20 foot human foosball court that folds up and goes inside this trailer. Wow. They've got, what, what did you call it? I forget what you, the, the soccer one, Molly soccer, Molly soccer. It's this literally like this, this this circular cage that has four soccer goals and, or little, I mean, they're not big. They're like the size of this box or whatever. Um, because you guys can all see the little box that's right, right. next to <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about something here in a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys watch it. <laughs> uh, but just a small goal, and four people are literally kicking a soccer ball at each other, trying to get it into their the goal and get people out. And so it's fun. But all of this is inside of this, um, this trailer that he pulls behind his truck. And on top of that, literally on top of it, uh, after it's emptied out, they back it up to this hill. And it's literally, a, they have a slide that goes down from the top of the trailer. It goes you go down the trailer, down the hill, and into a mud pit. It's oh. so it's so big that for two weeks before the two camps previous, uh, they come out with a skid loader and they're prepping this hill, making this pit yep. at the bottom. And when they're done emptying this trailer, it folds out. Big slides off of it. You climb up to- top of it, and there's just like baby oil running down this thing, twenty four seven water. I mean, you fly now, down now this it, thing. It, it gets nasty because Steve works for Coca Cola. Yeah, and if there's ever expired two liters, he he gathers them up. Yep. So a lot of it is, you know, they'll have Coke fights, and they'll literally just shake up an old bottle, bottle, two oh liter boy. bottle, and they'll go and spray each other and all that stuff. So it, it gets crazy, but. There, there's just something special about camp. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And for those that have never been to camp, it's it's tough to even explain. Yeah. Because you're like, hey, let's go live in a ten by ten cabin with with a single AC unit that may or may not work the entire week, and, and then, you're with eight other people or seven other people, mm-hmm. and half of the half the boys are not going to shower. And yeah, <laughs> that know, was the me. List goes on and on. <laughs> <laughs> was that you, Seth? <laughs> <laughs> that would I'm be not me. calling you out, I, Seth. And there were multiple times being a counselor that I had to explain to kids that swimming in the pool <laughs> does not <laughs> count as a shower. There were multiple times that, as a counselor, my kids had to explain to me that swimming in <laughs> the pool did not count as a shower. I remember there were a few times when I was a counselor, I had to throw kids into the shower, just turn it on, just chuck them in there. <laughs> yep. And and you know where we go here in Missouri in the Ozarks. Uh, it's not a pool; it's lake water. So, like, oh, dude, I jumped in the lake today. I was like, that is not clean. <laughs> yeah, that is not, like that's the opposite. In the, at least in the pool, you're getting chlorine. But yeah, that is not clean, you know. So, uh, but camp is just so memorable to us. And for me, uh, it's always better. You know, we can we can share stories. But it's great because Seth and I can connect, and that's because we're friends. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we we've had that relationship because you, you guys know, we, went to camp together. Yeah, we, we well, yeah. I would think I was a counselor. Did, were you graduated yet in 2010? That was your senior year. I was not graduated, but I was a counselor for that camp. Yeah, yeah, because it was the young. It was a, yeah, it was sixth and seventh grade camp. Yeah, sixth and seventh grade camp, and so we were both there and at different capacities. But you know, we I mean, we were just talking about it's been 11 years since. I met Seth for the first time <laughs> and we've had all these experiences and all of these, these things together, numerous camps. Cause in 2010, I was not moving to Louisiana. I was on a camp teams traveling around the nation doing church camps. So that was our first interaction. Mm-hmm. And then who, who's new two years later, I was going to move down there. I was we working the same serve, camp. We were going to serve every single camp for the five years I was down there. And so that's to me, our conversations today is is why 
it's so important because friendship is important. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got friendships that I, there's people I still talk to that are friends from camp. I'd have met no other way, but we spent all summer counseling, did our own camp or we worked together there. I mean, those are friendships that are going to last a lifetime. Yeah. And we had all our camp kids this year come up on stage and, and, and share their, what yeah. they loved about camp. And 90% of them say, I got to see my camp friends. Yeah. For me, I can remember there were people who, you know, you're just waiting with anticipation all year round. Like, Hey, I'm going to see this person again. They're on the other side of the country, but they're coming for this camp. And like, I would not be a pastor today if it wasn't for some of those uh, camp friends, because some of the, the events that led up to me accepting, you know, when God put this calling in my life to be a pastor and stuff like that, that calling happened at camp. And I said, yes, because of the friends I had at camp and stuff like that. So like, I'm here today because of those, those friendships and stuff like that. Yeah. The affirmation that you get from those friends Mm -hmm. and, and, and so, you know, as we, as we transition, you know, out of the funny stuff, because let's just be honest, we're going to laugh throughout this whole episode because that's just what we do. We can't not laugh because <laughs> oh, yeah. somebody will mention one word and somebody else is smiling. You know, that's just, that's just how it is. Um, but <clears throat> for me, life without friends is, is so difficult. Oh yeah. You know, uh, there's, I mean, obviously there's the loneliness, but then there's there's the other things what and, and some things that we'll talk about further on in the podcast. But before we talk about like the difficulties and all of that stuff, we really need to understand what friendship is. Mm-hmm. You know, when we when we say the term friend, because today, just like the word love, it's such a horribly defined word. Oh, yeah. And you think about it because like social media where you're like someone sends you a friend request and you might have a thousand people you're friends with on social media. But it's like there are times I see someone post on social media. I'm like, how who are you? Like, I don't even I don't recall who you are or how Mm -hmm. we're connected. Like, but Facebook says we're friends. And so you're right. It's like it's a you a word that's overused or we've lost its definition in a lot of ways of what a true friendship is. But it's something that we all crave. Like we're we're designed this way. Like you see it even in the beginning of Genesis, like we're made with community in mind because we're made in the image of God and he's in perfect community with himself, you know, father, son, Holy spirit. And we're made in his image. Like this is something uh, deeply theological of we were made for community. We were made for friendship, but you're right. We're so bad at defining it. You know, talking about the, the Trinity and all of that stuff and understanding like Jesus chose 12 people to go, with him mm. like he surrounded himself with people yeah he surrounded himself with a core 12 with you know what we would classify in today's society as best friends you know like we we pull in those that we want to spend time with and we want to invest in and we want them to invest in us um like <clears throat> we you know we had we had some scriptures we were talking about one of my favorites is found in the book of hebrews and for me, this is one that I, I quote fairly often because, uh, you know, we see all the bad that happens in society and we see all the um, negatives of, you know, suicide or depression or uh, self-harm. Even, I mean, you may not get as far as, as suicide, but just harming yourself. Like a lot of it, when you ask the person, like, why, why would you do that? When you get down to the nitty gritty of it. It's because they felt alone. Mm. They didn't have nobody. They didn't have anybody. And I, for one, 
and one that I don't want somebody to question whether or not I want a relationship with them. Um, I want to make, you know, even if I don't text somebody for a long time, like uh, I texted somebody yesterday. I said, hey, happy birthday. We were friends. T- this year would be like literally 20 years friendship, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And we, we life just took us different paths. And uh, but I still want to I still want them to know, hey, if you ever need anything, even though you live thousands of miles away, you know. I'm always here. You know, and that's what's so important. But looking at Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, this is just one that I go with a lot with our youth. Um, Because not only friendship, but struggling with identity Mm. and how, like, I don't have any friends. Okay. Are you being a good friend kind of thing? But it says this, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And for me, this is, I mean, I'm not trying to get into a sermon here. Okay. But there's, there's just, there's some main things here of stirring one another up by sparking conversations. One of the big things that I tell our youth group, I was like, don't ever just have a, don't have a friendship that never talks about Jesus. Like, cause there were sometimes I've had relationships where all we talked about was sports or all we talked about was music or all we talked about was food, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. Like, don't leave a friendship there without having Jesus interact in, inter- in, like, coming into that relationship. I don't think you can have or, uh, you know, have a conversation with someone about Jesus and to leave that relationship shallow after that point. Because anything else, 100%. like, the relationship could be shallow. But as soon as you bring Jesus in the mix, like, that becomes a a real relationship I feel like because then you're like hey we're talking about something that's actually meaty and real and me talking to you about it means that I see you I see you as value I see you as knowing this Jesus as a valuable thing like like that relationship is no longer shallow at that point for sure and it's tough because I think that's a lot of the reasons people don't Hmm. is because you're like you know what I don't want to bring it up because I can't answer any of your questions. Yeah. We're going to get into a little conversation about evangelism here, which we should probably save for future content. Yes. But um, what about from you guys' perspective? Like, what well, is a biblical friendship? I mean, upon what you said, uh, the, the verse that I have um, that always hits hard with me, there's a group of guys that I hung out with right outside college, or right when I first got into college. And um, when I graduated high school, I had issues with my – my family and so I didn't really have I didn't feel like at the time that I had them to go to and so these group of buddies of mine were my best friends at the time and we we really found this verse and kind of clung to it and uh, the title of it is it's bear one another's burdens it's Galatians Hmm. 6 1 through 5 it says brothers if anyone is caught in any transgressions you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burden, so f- and so fulfill the law of Christ. For anyone who thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have their own, will have to bear his own load. And it just speaks to me in, in great deal of how important friendship is, is that mm. you need that. And I think it really implies on that statement you made, people are scared because they don't want that responsibility 
because being that true friendship, it it, it means being there even when you don't really want to, because mm. that's what you're called to do. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and friendship's always real big, been real big to me. I mean, I have my wife comes from a big family. She's got four siblings. Her mom has three siblings, and they're all married. They all have kids. She has a bunch of cousins. I grew up with one brother and my parents, and all of my cousins were older, so big family wasn't something I had something to rely on. So friends, even when I found friendship in people who weren't probably the best or didn't treat me the best, friendship's always important. And over the last two years that I've hung out with you guys, the friendship here is is that. It's biblical. It's that true friendship of caring and love. And I think it just speaks wonders to what you can do for people with a friendship like that. I want to uh, point out something you said and present like a question. Maybe this is something we'll circle back to later. But you, you talked about like the, the bear one another's burdens and that this is an aspect of true friendship. Mm-hmm. So can a true friendship happen if only one person's bearing the other person's burdens? Or is a true friendship happen when each other are like so like th- this uh, probably bring into our later conversation so we'll, we can circle back to it but like that's an a- interesting aspect about being friends with a pastor in some ways of like and, and going to be mutual uh sharing of burdens is where do you where do you draw that line of being the loving supporting friend and then being the toxic fr- the friend in a toxic relationship where you're a doormat just carrying other people's burdens but you get nothing in return you wear yourself out i mean it's a yeah it's a tough question and a tough it's a very thin, tough line to yeah. draw. And what I'm kind of hearing from what you were saying was kind of like, it's almost like you can't have a true biblical friendship if you're not willing to carry someone else's burdens after you've unloaded on them. Right. And and I really feel like that you almost have to. Like, you have to look at your friends and say, look, for me to know that you're here for me no matter what, I have to give you that in return. Ooh. Mm. That's good. That hurts. Yeah, I think the Bible shows that friendship needs to be intentional i mean jesus spent jesus was a big deal i don't know if you guys know that but he is a big deal uh, you heard it here folks jesus is a big deal and he spent his time with his 12 disciples his 12 friends he made time uh it's easy for us to say hey I, i'm busy or whatever um but i think it's important to make be intentional and set aside that time for coffee or just a text message saying hey how are you doing one of the most beautiful things I love about the friendship of Jesus is like the people he hung out with, you realize they would not have been friends with each other. Like yeah. you have Matthew, right. the tax right. collector, and then he's with Simon, the zealot, like two guys who were on opposing sides of the political spectrum back then who were like, they were violent towards each other, right? but they could be friends because they were friends with Jesus. Like that, that's the kind of friend that Jesus was where he wasn't just, you know, uh, the kind of friend like, you know, where we'd be like, oh, that's a great friend, but he was a best friend because he was able to bring people together who normally would be separated yeah exactly that's one of the most beautiful things i love about the friendship of jesus looking at it so i think (laughs) you know i think it does demonstrate a lot of uh the church and i'm gonna go off a little bit you know uh a lot of us are not politically the same a lot Mm -hmm. of us are not socioeconomically the same but doesn't mean we can't be friends doesn't mean we can't have that agape love that's flowing through us that unites us uh, mm-hmm. for a bigger thing but anyways um biblical friendship just understanding hearing this and and, and uh 
obviously we we have talked about Jesus together, uh, which is great uh, because that's literally like our jobs. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's not ever forced. It's not like guys, let's let's schedule a Bible study. You better say we don't do it for a paycheck, right? <laughs> no, right. It's we're out throwing disc golf, right? And something's happening, and we're all just there to support. We're all there to encourage and to love each other. And for me, even, you know, we're talking about this and I know all of this because I've, I've preached about this and, and <laughs> we're talking about it now. But like you get that almost like a flashback of all your friendships and you're like, am I telling them about Jesus? Am I sharing mm. Jesus with them? Am I, is this a biblical friendship? And, <laughs> and, and truthfully, because I'm a follower, one of the th- parts of that scripture was, um, you know, those that those that believe, it said something about those that believe, those that are spiritual should be bearing. You know, sh- you should be interceding. You should be jumping in there. You should be uh, prompting things like, like because we believe. You know, those that don't like, we're respond like. There's a responsibility there. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody said this before, and I've, I've coined it as my own, just because I say it all the time. But like, there's people here in Poplar Bluff. There's people where you're sitting at right now, whoever's listening to this, there are people that are around you that need to hear about Jesus and you're the one that's there to do it. Yeah. Like they're going to, they're only going to hear about it because of you. Now I'm not saying that God can't send somebody, but like when you open your mouth, you were, or you were ordained to say that to that person. So like Mm -hmm. there are people that need to hear about Jesus and you just need to open your mouth and maybe your prayer, our prayers and my prayers, because sometimes I'm very quiet. To to that, which y'all probably are like, he's never quiet. But um, <laughs> I was Cameron quiet. That. I know. <laughs> you know. Sometimes I remain silent, and maybe it's just maybe it's just the homeless guy on the curb that needs to hear it. You know, uh, maybe it's the guy at the gas station who's like, "Man, can I just get two dollars for gas?" You know, I could have just sh- I could shut my door and walk, just drive off. You know, like, oh, he's headed this way. <gasps> you know, I'm out of there. But you know. There are people, and and even talking, I continually think of people who I'm like, you know what, I need to check in with them. I need to say something to them because there's an eternal responsibility for all who believe, and we have to make sure that we're honoring that Mm -hmm. and and making sure that we're never missing an opportunity to tell people about Jesus. So That's good. Sitting over here thinking about your question earlier, and I'm sorry to kind of derail. Um, about your friendship being in a relationship or a friendship where you're the one bearing the burdens all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, and I, I know f- for for me, I'm not in ministry per se, in in and definitely not in the form that you all are. I don't know how that would differ from someone like me to someone like you, from what you said, like it's a calling. I don't know. How would you all react? I mean, how do you, where do you all stand in that? Like thought process wise? I feel like if you're in a relationship and you feel like you can't unload and share your burden with someone else, but you're always taking someone else's burden. That's not a friendship. That's a therapist. Right. Right. Um, A friendship is given it, but that brings in the difficulties of, you know, what we do, you know, being friends with pastors and stuff like that. It's, it's one of those, I think sometimes people can view us as friends, but it takes us a little bit longer for us to view them in return as a friend. 
which is one reason why, you know, we wanted to have you guys on uh, this podcast from your own experiences of being our friend and stuff like that. Like, let's talk about this. Of like, what is the, the complexities of being friends with a pastor or just for a pastor's end of like, what's the complexities on us to have friends? You know, like, I'll be honest. I used to think making friends was easy. And then I became a pastor and it has completely changed my perspective on friendship. Um, you know, in a lot of different ways of just on that single aspect of how much can I unload and, be, you know, show my burdens to, you know, and I consider you guys friends uh, because I've done that for you guys. I've shared like, Hey, here are the things going on in my life and stuff like that. Right. And we're in a unique situation. You know, it's, it's actually kind of a privilege because you guys don't go to my church and stuff like that. So I can be like, Hey, I know I'm not trying to steal you from a church or I'm not trying to prevent you from leaving my church or anything like that yeah. or the complexities. I can just be like, here's what's on my heart. And I know you guys aren't going to, to share and stuff like that. But even when I have friends in our church, you know, there's sometimes this little barrier where I have to be right. kind of more cautious on what I share or, you know, cause I'm always wondering, okay, you know, I, I've got the pastor hat on when I'm with other people. So that friendship sometimes comes a little bit slower for me. Even when people say, Mason, you know, you're not a pastor right now. You're a friend. There's still this question in my head of, but I am still your pastor and wrestling with this. How can I share a burden to you or how can I talk to you, you know, or share or vent? You know, so friendship uh, I've come to realize since becoming a pastor is a little bit more complicated now in this position. And I never thought it was going to be. And so that's one reason why I look forward to this, you know, this conversation we're having right now. And one one of the tough thing is, is like your congregation doesn't know that. Hmm? Now, I absolutely love my congregation. Right. I'm friendly and friends with many of them. But then there's that there's that weird it's a different tension or it's a different dynamic mm-hmm. I think place. there's a majority of people who think man i can't be pa- pa- friends with the pastor i mean they're so much different they're on a different level than me mm-hmm. they're they're yeah but you're human yeah right. you're just like i am you struggle so in my perspective i don't think it changes much i mean you guys struggle just as much as i do and, and it's important to have those friendships but i think there are a lot of people who do struggle with that and man i can't be friends why not Mm-hmm. I struggled that honestly growing up because like our pastor, he was like, you just look at him, you felt like he can never do wrong and stuff like yeah. that. Like he was this awesome individual, you know, every week he was faithful, preaching the word of God. And, you know, I just, I grew up under him. He was mm-hmm. at the church for 20 years and stuff like that. So like you get this perspective on like, oh, this guy can never do any wrong and stuff like that. I'm older and I'm wiser and I've, you know, engaged with him a little bit more and I see the human side of him more. But, but there was that early aspect of growing up of like, I couldn't be friends with this person who's like, it's like yeah. that glow, you know? Yes. Um, and I think a lot of people perceive pastors that way of sure. we're just on this pastel and we're glowing, you know? Yeah. Just and like, I'm on the opposite spectrum. Like we talked about before, I grew up, my uncle was a youth pastor. I was best friends with the pastor's uh, son. I'm friends with Cameron, been for a long time. So I've had a lot of pastor friends. We're best friends. We're best friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't want to. It's official. It's on the air. I didn't you want you to back. not reciprocate and be all. So. We don't have titles anymore. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like I've, I've grown up around pastors. And so I see, hey, these people struggle. So you to see, me. You just as broken. Exactly. Right. You have problems just like I've got problems. So for me, I struggle to see where people see that. Um, but that's just me. I think I'm kind of in the same boat with Seth. I mean, growing up, my dad was best friends with our pastor, and so we spent a lot of time with him. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, best friends with you all. Um, and I, I, I'm with Seth. No, I, I didn't say 
I, I don't care. <laughs> he said specifically Seth. <laughs> you guys to- are my best friends. Hey, talk to him in nine years. <laughs> I, not you specifically. You all as a group. Oh, isn't, a, isn't a group and are best friends of mine. If y'all don't know, this is just how we joke. Oh, oh just yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's. I agree with Seth. It's super weird to for people to be like, oh, I could never be friends with my past or like why but there has to be a third person perspective all of to all of this because you all grew up with that mm-hmm. but there yeah. are people who put pastors on a pedestal mm-hmm. and they're like oh, they never do anything wrong you know and then some something will happen and it's like oh well, i gotta leave the church or oh, i don't know if i can trust this person anymore and that's what makes uh you know ministry so difficult you know um it's Another pastor in town, he posted this recently on Facebook that, you know, pastoring is like leading a parade and stuff like that. You know, people come and go. And what people don't realize is when you leave a church, you know, in your perspective is you're just leaving a church. You're fine somewhere better and things like that. But from the passive perspective, it feels like you're saying, I don't want to be your friend. And, and like that, that hurts and something, you know, because you think about it, you're like, hey, I've poured my heart and soul into this relationship. I like I, I've studied the word of God, you know, I've delivered week after week you know you know material and the word of god to you hoping like this is for your betterment your for your growth and stuff like that and you're there for them when you need them or they need you and stuff like that but then if you do one thing wrong and they're like well i'm out and i leave the church and it's like you know oh was was this a real friendship like was this a position where i was on a pedestal and i couldn't do wrong like was i jesus to you you know and just that it's that struggle sometimes of you know and it really it does hurt when, when people leave the church because from the past perspective because it feels like they're saying I just don't want to be your friend well and, and again we're dealing with we're dealing with a spiritual connection yeah which is a lot more painful than a physical yeah you know I mean Paul said you know we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but yeah. you know principalities and powers of darkness and, right. and things like that and like this is an aspect of it like and this is why I think for many pastors you talk with them many of them feel very lonely like it's hard for them to find connections. It's hard for them to find friendships and stuff like that. Um, sometimes even with other pastors and stuff like that. Well, we um, had a we had a this was this was a couple of years ago. We had a pastor who just moved into moved into the state. We were having a, a state meeting and dinner together, and you know he just moved from Hawaii. So all of our oh. questions were like, "Oh yeah, dude, how? <laughs> tell me about Hawaii." And he goes, "It was lonely," hmm. and we're like. We talking about what? the same place here? <laughs> yeah. What? You know, but he he's like he's like, you know, I'm literally on an island and there's not another pastor three hundred miles away. Wow. You know, and there you're like know. and you don't think about that and you're like you're thinking dolphins and, and volcanoes like programs and, like surfing for souls or something exactly, like that. Exactly, you know. Uh, spitting fire from my mouth. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know the holy hula dancers or something. You know, yeah. like you you, you picture all of this and then it's like dang and it's not even a buzzkill that was vulnerability and if he couldn't say it to me who could he say it to yeah right you know and so that 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 vulnerability is just so crazy Mm -hmm. you know because sometimes you know and this is from from my perspective like you don't want to open up because what if that's what drives a person away from the church? You know, oh, yeah. you get that perspective too. And you know, that's, that's the joy of, 
sometimes we can get into something, you know, with Seth and I, it was music. You know, we came as the worship team and he played music. He walked around with a blue guitar the entire week and played the same song the entire week. <laughs> 10th Avenue North. 10th Avenue North. There we go. And By your I, side if you want to Yeah, so I was about to say, is it that one? <laughs> Jen, Jen, even though we weren't dating nor married on that trip, that, which is crazy. So he knew, he knew Jen and I both single, like not even married. Mm. And so uh, we had that connection and that's that's how it was first started, but it was never like a vulnerability was the first thing that brought us together, you know. And so it was just, for me, it's 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 nice to have friends that aren't pastors, you know, uh, but friends that are that will listen because a lot of times you don't want to be vulnerable. Yeah, because it is difficult because like I wrestle with it, saying like in sermon writing, where I'm like. I have an illustration here that'd be really good, but then I have to gauge him. Like, is that too vulnerable? Like I want to be transparent and vulnerable in front of people, but I don't want to be so, so open where it distorts then the message of the gospel or people look and be like, how can he talk about Jesus when he's got this situation in his life and stuff like that? So it's like, you know, you're always wrestling with that as a, a pastor of like this complexity of friendship where, it seemed like it was easy beforehand, but now it's a whole different ball game and stuff like that of, you know, who can you trust and who can you open up to? And you're there for everybody, but who's going to be there for you in your time of need and stuff like that. And, and I don't think a lot of people think about that. I think a lot of people would assume, you know, Oh, Hey, we're, we're, you know, we're friends and stuff like that. But from a pastor's perspective, maybe not so I'm not saying that to you guys. Cause I know you guys just said you're friends. Cause I view you guys as friends and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, but sure. I imagine mm-hmm. for, you know, a lot of people, it's it's different, you know. So it's a very complex little thing. And it's it's amazing because we're surrounded by people so often, and yet we can feel so lonely. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, especially with, with you guys and our, you know, other friends, you know, in the, in the city together, like for us, um, it's, I want you to feel comfortable sharing what you are, what, what your struggles are. So... Like sometimes it's just leading by example, you know, we will, we'll preach about it and we'll talk about friendship and all of that stuff. But it's just like, you know what? I'm gonna dive in and I'm going to, I'm going to say, Hey, look, and, and I'm, y'all know, I, like I said, I'm, I'm a loud individual and I pretty much say things how they are. And, and it's a matter of just saying, Hey, look, we're friends. I'm forcing it on you. And uh, you're, here comes. <laughs> you be here he's com- not joking about that. Here comes the dirty stuff. I meet know? the dude for the first week. It's kind of funny story about how me and Cam became friends. I I come out and help him with youth, and then the first week, we were at his house every night playing games. Yep, every night for for a week straight, like at least. Yeah, for at least a week. Yeah, and and it just built from there. Like that's that's one of the things I think as a pastor that you have an ability to do when building a friendship is just have that that okay here you're getting this from me Mm -hmm. because one it's what god called me to do two i'm a pastor i've got the skills the practice the understanding i mean you've got such a ability what you see on stage is what you're gonna get in (laughs) what you're gonna get off the stage from me right which is fantastic because you have such an ability to reach people and and be that leaning stone that they do need but at the same time, you build it so well that you get that in return. 
so that you're not getting that feeling of loneliness. I'm going I'm to ask a kind of a... It's a question we have written down, but I kind of want to ask uh, it kind of two ways. So the question is, how can a pastor lead his friends? But let me let me move away from answering that from our perspective. How can we as pastors lead you guys? Hmm. Ooh. Like, maybe it wasn't us. Maybe it's not to us, but like, here's how somebody led me. Or, or whatever, but because I know that, and I know that's putting it on the spot because it's not a question we gave you ahead of time, <laughs> but you know, if, if there's something going on in your life, what do you, and, and, and don't look at as pastors as friends, you know, I think the obvious answer is by example, I right. mean, but a lot of people look to their pastors as guidance in many aspects of their lives. I think the most important thing is. Uh, it's very easy to take God for granted and to forget, um, but I think it's it's important that I know you guys are a good reminder for me to put God first before my other friendships. So your friendship with God is before all anything. Um, I don't always remember that, so I know that looking at you guys, that's your, what you guys are. So. Yeah, and. Uh, and to add on to, I mean, that is an aspect that that having having friends who are pastors, it, it is that constant reminder of, oh, hey, God comes first. But more than that, to stand back and and I help help you with youth and to listen to what you're teaching the kids and then to see you do those things, um, kind of puts me in the mindset. Okay, if it if he's teaching this, he's, he's showing this and he's living it. Well then that, that's an example of leadership to a T mm-hmm. not only to me, but to your skill, your trade of what you're doing every Wednesday. And so, I mean, that's a way of leading and saying, look, if you're going to be doing this because I'm helping with the youth. Okay. There's that leadership in, in our friendship that you've shown me that, Hey, if I'm going to be doing this, I need to follow your example. If I'm going to talk about something, if we're going to push something, I have to do that in my own life. And so it's just, it's such a crazy dynamic. And I think it's because we don't see you all in that, oh, I can't be friends with my pastor aspect that we're able to get so much more from you. And it doesn't feel like you're a pastor leading us. It's just, we do it because we're friends. Mm -hmm. I know growing up, one of the things, and I, and I still get text messages from from uh, pastors, you know, just that simple, man. How how's life going? You know, just that that check in text, or you know, uh, you know, we had a we had a situation come up recently with Noah, and uh, them texting me and saying, you know, continually checking in, um, and and seeing how he, how he's doing, how we're handling. Uh, that and so it's for me um, trying to trying to be as like out of body experience talking as I can you know a pastor can lead just by being there Mm. sometimes we don't have to give advice we don't always have to quote scripture at people Um, 
and this is <laughs> that's always something I'm trying trying to work on is is making sure that I'm not just like trying to give it the answer. I struggle with that sometimes For because sure. like as the guy who's preaching, you know, and stuff like that, it's like, okay, I spent all week studying a particular passage, chewing it apart, finding out the little wisdom nuggets to share and stuff like that. But then on the cuff, someone brings up a situation and they're looking for an answer. Like it took me a while to get used to just saying, I have no idea, Mm -hmm. but I want you to know you're not alone and I'm here for you. I mean, I had a guy, I spoke with a guy last night, literally last night. And it was just a matter of, he was spilling his heart. I didn't need to quote anything. I didn't need to talk. He just wanted somebody to listen. And I was there. And uh, sometimes friendships like that. like and, and a lot of times if I'm about to go off on a tangent, I'm just like, guys, don't, don't talk. I just want to say it out loud so I can hear how stupid I sound or then you can give me validation afterwards or whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. I'm, whatever comes after that. Uh, but just being able to have somebody who, if they were going to give me advice, it was going to be spiritual advice, biblical advice. Um, that's why, you know, pastors don't, a lot of times don't use the word friend. We'll say mentor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he's my mentor. I like the, I like the term friends better, but, um, you know, it's just somebody, even, even for pastors being pastor friends, uh, just having somebody I can go to and they have my best interest in mind. They have my family's best in interest in mind and they may give me advice and I know where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, just think about it. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go to one of my friends for advice that really doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. Cause it's not going to, cause their, their input or whatever they're going to give me is not really going to line up with what I believe. Yeah. And so that's really where you have to understand is there is a, it's a, it's a super fine line between pastor and friend. And, uh, I think there's a hybrid. I think there's a, there's a mix that can be both. Uh, and I think we're, we're, we're living that. And I wish, I wish, you know, you could see that we had a little, you know, GoPro that we always wore and you just saw the life (laughs) of us for, you know, how crazy it would be. But how beautiful it is to know we're in two different churches, right? Mm-hmm. And we can still interact. We can still be friends. We can still say, hey, so-and-so is coming to your church. This Sunday. You know, yeah. like we can still have that balance and know, okay, I'm not worried about it. Because we're serving the same God. We have the same mind mindset. Love God, love people, right? Yeah. You know, uh that's that's what it's all about and we can be friends and I think I think the fact that we are friends is powerful and not like a gold medal Olympics powerful but like darkness isn't going to try to divide us mm-hmm. darkness can't divide us because we're at different churches yeah. yeah but instead our friendship is only blossoming and bringing more and more light to Poplar Bluff because if I were to name some of my really good friends in Poplar Bluff, I'm going to tell you 85% is probably pastors. Maybe not 85, but, you know, over 50% is 
you know, our pastors. Yeah. And that's one thing I've been very impressed with this town and stuff like that is the, the pastors here in town are, they usually like to be friends with each other and stuff For like sure. that. It's not like a whole lot of isolation. It's just like a, Hey, we're all on the same team, you know, we're reaching the same goal and that sort of deal. And I've always found that very appreciative of being in this town. And I mean, look at la- look at last Sunday. Okay, we go play we go play disc golf, and on Sunday nights uh, or Sunday afternoons, it's disc and disciples. It's a, it's a small group disc throwing thing, and uh, I was there. Another children's pastor was there. A youth pastor was there. A worship pastor was like like you start naming all of this, and we're literally just going around. But like, we have a Bible study together, and and I think that it's it's important to know. Um, that there needs to be vulnerability, there needs to be transparency, uh, because that's what friendship is. Yeah, and and that that's not only for for Seth and Spencer to understand, and 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 people that aren't like pastors to understand is that vulnerability is not easy, and transparency isn't easy. But I'm a, we're all on the same, we're all the same, uh, like. If, if that makes any sense, it's like we're not on a pedestal. Yeah. So we're, we're I'm trying to kind of lay, lay that we're like level, like, yeah. So we're all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So to piggyback off what you said, you know, making friends is, you know, through transparency and vulnerability, you know, so I'm curious from your guys, like what advice would you give to, to pastors? Like in addition to being vulnerable and transparent to help them to make friends as leaders, not just like, I know it's a little bit like the last question of how can a uh, pastor lead you when they're also your friend, but also just how can a pastor do better at making friends and being a better friend? I know you mentioned the example thing, but maybe that yeah. question is a little too similar to the previous one. I, I think having it, I mean, it's, it's got to be, you got to have trust, you got to have vulnerability, you've got to have, got to be personable, you got to have those qualities. But from a perspective of where we sit, um, it's, it's hard to say, okay, you need this, this, and this because people are so different and there's so much there. But I mean, it's really just finding those people that you can trust. So and what if we like just strip away the, the pastor aspect and let's just look at just making friends in general. Like if someone is out there and they're like, Hey, I don't have many friends and I want advice on how to go about making For friends, sure. That's good. you know, or how to be a better friend if they have friends, like what advice would you give in that regardless if they're a pastor or a leader of any sort? For me, it's hobbies and activities, man. That's what, that's what we do. Yeah. When we hang out, we're doing something we all enjoy to do, and we get each other into different hobbies, and it's that time to just hang out, and 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 it opens up into that vulnerability and trust because you're just you're spending time together. Yeah. Make make don't be too busy as a pastor to make time for your there friends. You go. Mm. That's what it is. There mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Don't be too busy for your friends. That's and and even in a normal in a normal life aspect. Life is too short. Don't be too busy for your friends. I mean, there's some good quotes from this podcast that we should just like caption and, you know, from you guys 100%. and just throw it out there throughout the the, the next month or so. With me being I, I'm a, I'm kind of like Cam. I'm loud, I'm an extrovert. I'm big with people and friends. 
that's one of my models that I live with with life is I don't ever want to be so caught up, so busy, so money work driven that I don't have time to hang out with my friends, hang out with the guys, and us all get together, mm-hmm. miss things. It, to me, missing time with my friendship is like missing fellowship at church. I mean, we fellowship every time we get together. And I think it's important to make time for that. Mm. You'll live a healthier, happier life. Well, and I yeah. think, you know, going back a couple podcasts, I mean, this idea of rest, yeah. you know, building in, building in the time of rest, like rest looks different. Nothing it, beats can, it can look, it can look different. It can look, oh, heck yeah. Nothing beats you know, it, it can look, it can look different than just like, okay, I'm going to go find a quiet place. I mean, it could be, I'm going to go play taco cat goat cheese pizza with my friends <laughs> and we're going to bloody each other's knuckles trying to win this game you know like loud. the rest can be just being mind doing mindless things or that it brings people together hanging out in your pastor's backyard and hammocks napping in the spring summer sun after which happens garden boxes and, and it was a blast it's cool and did you see the temperature this week though oh yeah bro. like like 59 60 in Tuesday the night nights. Bonfire night. so our friendship guys if you all want to hang out with with hammocks just come to my house and uh, <laughs> i'll have eight of them set up for you, <laughs> you know? uh, but kind of a, almost the same question you you know you said how can we do better at making friends uh just to kind of make make it a self-analysis question you know how can we be better friends how can and this is not like me saying, Spencer, how can I be a better friend? But like, how can I personally, like if, if you're listening, like think of this, think of yourself, like how can I be a better friend? Am I giving the time? And, and we may not even have to answer this. Maybe I'll just ask some questions. Am I giving the time? Am I investing in people? Am I, and I'm not saying you have to do this to every person. Okay. Cause that will be time consuming. Like if I had to text everybody on my friends list and in my phone, Hey, how are you doing today? And then have to respond to all that. That's not what I'm saying. But like investing your time, actually showing genuine care. Am I you know, available? Am I available? That's a good question. Am I directing our friendship in a vertical sense? Like are we focusing on Jesus in our friendship? Okay, so we play board games, we we do fun things, we go to movies, we try out all these cool restaurants that's awesome but what's deeper than that there has to be something deeper to that because as believers and as Christians and as Christ followers like our mindset should be on eternity for ourselves as well as for others you know you have to make sure okay does Seth know Jesus is when when Seth and this is not a question I'm asking out loud for ever um, Seth you going to hell or not you know like <laughs> I just told you Jesus is a big deal yeah right. <laughs> you know <laughs> like like in my mind we just want to double check your answer as a change <laughs> the podcast has gone on for 55 minutes and 24 seconds but like have you you know in my mind where is Seth at in his walk with Christ like that's we have to have an eternity mindset not just for ourselves but for others and Sometimes it's hard. It's hard to get out of that because you've already built a, like, especially with previous relationships. Like, oh man, we've already kind of set up this precedent. Like, this is my fantasy football draft team, like, group. And all we talk about is 
football and memes, you know, like how do I in my group be chat say, guys, how I many how how many where'd you go to church on Sunday? You know? You know, what Bible study what what are where are you what are you reading right now? What devotion are you doing? When I think about that question, I have two answers that kind of come to my mind to help to to reach the goal of what you're talking about, to right. be that kind of friend. Like the two things that pop in my head, um, and you guys are welcome to give your own thoughts as well, but the two things that pop in my head is number one, um, be more interested in someone rather than trying to be someone who's interesting. Okay. Like be Ooh, the kind okay. of person who Ooh, you want to ask what other people are doing. Saved it. Yeah. <laughs> Quoted it. Yeah. You, you want to know what's going on in other people's lives and what they say is be actually interested in what other people say, not trying to be someone that, Hey, I want to live a life where other people are interested in me, mm-hmm. but I want to be someone who's interested in others. Yeah, and I then, say be there for them, be, for, be there for them and not yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. be for them. Yeah, so that's the first one. And then um, uh, my mind just went blank on the second one, but it was gold, and I'm going to keep that. talking here until it pops back in. So, so be uh, more interested in someone rather than um, be interesting. Oh, and the second one is don't take yourself so seriously. Like be the kind of person that like if you have to make jokes at your own expense, make jokes at your own expense. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if it's one of those, hey, I want to bring up the church conversation. I want to bring up the Jesus conversation with someone. But you take yourself too seriously of like, well, what are they going to think about me? Or what are they going to, you know, say? Or, what, you know, what is this going to look like for me if I'm just seen as this Jesus freak? It's like, stop taking yourself so seriously. And, you know, I think that when you do that, there's a lot of, open doors for vulnerability 100%. for transparency yeah. of you know we kind of talked about you know uh working with the football team uh one of the most i like f- from i could physically see it in the room uh when when everybody kind of l- took me off of a pedestal you know when it, talking to a football team who rarely go to church it was you know just being open and saying you know what my parents are divorced and when I said that, it was one of those things where it was like, wow, holy cow, you know, and even, you know, it made me more, it, it related me more to them, but also, you know, three of us in the room, I mean, you may have a shirt, but you know, we played softball this, this year with the crew. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where's he going with this? <laughs> yeah, that's I was like, three of us have a shirt. I was like, wait, one, two, three, who's not wearing a shirt in this room? All I can say is peer pressure. Well, that's true too. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a very intricate burn. I like it was kind really. of a burn, but no, it wasn't. You know, uh, we we played softball, and what I love so much about the Christian Athletic League here in Poplar Bluff is, you know, they want people that you know they're they they enforce some things that they don't enforce other things. But you know, we we play with a team where some of them were invited from a by a friend, and that friend has like it has blossomed into something bigger than just, Hey, we're going to hit a couple balls around, you know, uh, I know Spence and Seth and I, we've noticed a huge change in some of our friends and I'll, I mean, they're, they're hundred percent friends. You know, I've seen it in their marriage. I've seen it individually and spiritually. And then seeing people who we've played softball with for the last three, four years, like showing up to church every Sunday, you know, and it comes with, the focusing of what you just said, mm-hmm. you know, trying to not take yourself so not seriously. take yourself so seriously. Oh, I'm the pastor on the softball team. No, I'm going to get mad when you call a bad call. 
Yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna support. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit it. I'm gonna be frustrated. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna punch the cage whenever I strike out. You know, like nah, I, did, I never did that, but. Because you never struck in, out, right? Uh, That's why. Because <laughs> 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 I reached for many, many this year. Because I thought, hey, I got stretch arms, strong arms. But, you know, not trying to play the pastor role on a church softball team. Which I only say it because I'm wearing the jersey right now. But instead being a player, investing in them. Like when, when we're batting, I'm talking to them about, hey... Man, how's your job going? How was laying that road? How was mowing that yard? You know, talking to them about their jobs and getting interested beyond just softball. And it may never be a church topic, but I want it to be. And and it gets to that point at some point. Like, I had many numerous conversations this year with guys, and I was just like, all right. You know, they, they obviously know who I am. They know that I'm a pastor, but we can still have fun and hit some balls around. Mm-hmm. You know, and so... Yeah, definitely not taking yourself. That's a really good uh, question because I was reading a book by Carrie Newhoff, uh, and one of it was like ten things pastors need to know, and one of them was you're not as awesome as you think you are. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was driving uh, truth towards yeah. camp in Louisiana, and I heard that I paused it and I was laughing because I was like, dude, that is totally that was totally me. Like, and, and it is sometimes me still, but. Well, I think now that makes sense. He told me that when I, you got to that camp, and I was like, "Man, he just took shots at me." <laughs> <laughs> You're not as awesome as you think well, you are. Well, and I think where'd that come from? Even not as a pastor, as just a normal person, that's something you got to keep in the back of your mind. Like, there's always going to be somebody who's just a little bit cooler, a little bit funnier, yeah. a little bit better at this than you. Like, you're not always that awesome. Like, like just be, be hum- personable, be funny. Be humble, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like you're you're not stand up comic funny. Like, yeah, just just be humble and and let people see who you are. And don't, I mean, for me, be who you are at home, as you are at Popeyes, as you are at Walmart, as you are at church, as you are on the disc golf course. You know, like being consistent that's you know mm-hmm. for our leaders you know if they're going to volunteer in the youth group like be consistent they kids may never be consistent one most of them don't drive okay but be consistent so that they know they can be vulnerable with you yeah and that's that's from a kids a youth group perspective but mm-hmm. same with your friends that's good. like if you say hey i'm going to pray for you pray for you yeah you get a text that says, hey, I, can you pray for me? And you're around your friends, but hey, guys, let's pray real quick. You that's know, they, they, that's kind of really a big thing is just be consistent. Yeah. Is there any final thoughts or th- anything that you guys want to share about just the complexity of friendship before we start to wrap up this podcast? I think our last 15 or 20 minutes or so really answered the question you know how can we be better friends how can we yeah i, I think it was there were a bunch of good points made there that some we don't even think about on a day-to-day and i think that that yeah there's a lot of things we just don't think about and and that's really why the podcast came to be was like we just don't ever talk about that you know <laughs> it's not something that's ever 
fully said out loud, and maybe it was just us. Maybe there's podcasts out there we're not listening to that's exactly what we're talking about. But you mean out of the millions and millions of podcasts out there, there's a I few there's that we're like not 10. listening to. I thought there's only ten. You know, yeah. uh, <laughs> this is a pretty new medium, right? You know, like there's exactly. not a whole lot. Everyone's just now hearing about podcasts, right? Podcast what? <laughs> but you know. This isn't new stuff, but when we're talking about just relationships in general, I feel like this was something that needed to be talked about. Um, I agree. Because, again, it comes down to man is not created to be alone. Mm-hmm. And now, this is not a marriage one, but, you know, there's there's friendship, there's relationships. And when, you know, we talk about it sometimes in youth when we're doing, when it's February, everybody does a love series, right? You know, you talk about your different kinds of love. Well, one of them's friendship love, philia love. You know, you guess I can never say the, the second one right. Store gay or stores love. I never say it right. Neither and then, do I. And then there's eros, which is not what we're talking about today. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then there's agape. I do not love you guys like that. <laughs> and, then there's, and then there's agape love. Thank you know, the Lord. There's all these different kinds of love and and making sure. And that's why we last you know last podcast was about like your spouse or your, your relationship with your spouse and being a pastor relationship with your friends and being a pastor and being friends with a pastor and then you know next next podcast i mean we're looking at talking about your staff relations <laughs> how do you deal with other people you know because yes we may be extroverts you know or not all your staff members are going to be extroverts so, you know and and you know we kind of talked about this you know you have that extroverted pastor thing but then you also have your introvertedness you know having a need to be alone and in quiet time and so when you're going into a new position how do you handle the difference in people's character and their difference in how they do ministry yeah and that's what we'll be talking about in the next podcast for all you guys who are listening in which will be, which I'm excited. Yeah, know, that'll be a good conversation. Bringing in some friends, <laughs> I can say friends. You know, bringing in some friends. Yeah. Who you know have different kinds of relations with their staff, whether it's family, whether it's uh, age differences, and so I think it's gonna be really cool to be able to talk about that. And uh, we're just thankful that you know you all hopped on with us, and we're like, heck yeah, let's do this thing. Oh, yeah. uh, luckily, <laughs> most of us have our day off today, so it's yeah. you know, yeah. oh no problem, let's go. Yeah. And so. Uh, we always want to spend time together, and I'm sure we'll hang out tonight. Uh, we've got plans for that, too. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having us. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love, love it. Hopefully that answered some questions um, when we're talking about that, or if, you, if you're dealing with um, how do I have, how do I make friends, how do I be a friend as a pastor or as a person inside of a church, uh, you know, how do how do I do that? Hopefully we answered that, and of course, please, 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 Man, send your send your comments, send your messages, whatever it may be. We appreciate all of those that come uh, in every way, shape, or form, because uh, we're just we're just here to be open and vulnerable about things we things that are on our mind, and so we wanted to uh, hear that from you as well and be able to talk to you all and answer those questions. Yeah. And maybe who knows, it become a topic of conversation on a future podcast. Yeah, maybe. Hey. But as we as we kind of wrap things up, um, looking at here in Poplar Bluff, we always like to end with a couple of big things. We got a, actually quite a few of things popping up here soon. So hopefully you're hearing this, and hopefully you're going to be invested in doing and being a part of these. Uh, but we always bring up Breaking Bread because usually we're our podcasts are at the end of the month. 
this week, this month with the craziness of having, you know, a kiddo and then being in the hospital with Noah, uh, which is a whole nother thing. And then two weeks of church camp and all the just the yeah, craziness, it it's the life, life that happened uh, over the last month has just been crazy. Uh, so on August 14th here in Poplar Bluff, Breaking Bread's going to have their food and clothing distribution. Uh, pretty much all you have to do is bring a box. And they're going to feed you uh, both spiritually and physically. Uh, they do an indi- indoor ministry, which I'm in, in charge of getting uh, put together every month. And get the honor of leading this month uh, with First Church. And so that's great. Um, but that's happening on August 14th. So bring a box and leave blessed. Uh, Fresh Water, we talked about that last podcast. They're having another worship uh, service on September 1st at 630. It's a Wednesday night at the Rogers Theater. And then We Are One Community Worship, another awesome event that takes place, except it's outside the Rogers Theater on August 20th at 7 p.m. I should have flipped those because the dates are August, September. Yeah, yeah August comes them. before September. August comes <laughs> before September. So We Are One's August 20th, Fresh Water's September 1st. And then we just had our meeting last week. Uh, Mason and I get the privilege of being a part of that and planning out Fields of Faith. Mm-hmm. That's coming up. I'm excited, man. Fields of Faith is always a great event, especially here in Poplar Bluff. Um, it takes a lot of planning, though. And so having those long meetings gets tiring, but I feel like it's going to be a great year. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for this year. It will be in, in Poplar Bluff. It's always the first Wednesday of October. So October 6th at 6.30 p.m. We're going to have our Fields of Faith uh, and Actually, there's a couple new things that are going to be taking place with Fields of Faith, and I don't want to say those out loud yet in case things do change. But stay uh, up to date by checking out the SEMO FCA page on Facebook uh, or contacting one of us or our boy Josh Mills, who was on our podcast a couple months ago. Um, And so hopefully uh, you will come be a part of that if you are in the uh, Poplar Bluff area. Yeah. But anyways, can I can I close with prayer? Is Go ahead, right? yeah. Let's do it. God, we just come to you in this afternoon or wherever, whatever time we're listening to this podcast. God, we're just thankful that you place people in our lives that encourage, support, and love us. I pray, Lord, for those that may not have that, Lord, that they would be seeking that out. God, that they would have someone that comes into their life, God, that they can truly uh, build a relationship with and be able to do life with. We we see its importance. We understand the importance of friendship. And God, as we leave this place or wherever we may be, just we pray for your protection and your safety wherever we may go. We pray for boldness and courage to be able to share the gospel without any uh, fear, but focusing on Romans, God, and being unashamed of the gospel. God, I pray, Lord, today uh, that you would just continue to do a work in our lives, God, that your kingdom would come here in Poplar Bluff or wherever it may be here on earth, God, as it is in heaven. We love you. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Thank you, Cameron. And thank you guys as well for, for joining in with us. You guys shared a yeah, lot of good wisdom and helped foster a lot of good we conversation. We love you guys. Yeah, we do. Hey, my one question is, will you ever let me live it down? You play one song for one week. <laughs> And then you never let me live it down.
Hey, you guys are great friends, and we enjoy having you guys. And, and thank you guys who are listening as well uh, for joining in with us. Um, it's such a, a, a wonderful thing to hear uh, from many of you how much you enjoy this podcast, and you know, again, those texts and emails and things like that. Uh, we really enjoy that. And if you could just take a moment, uh, go ahead and share this podcast or uh, leave a comment wherever you're at. I mean, these things kind of help the algorithm and the sites to, to make this podcast a little bit more visible uh, so that we can reach out and help and encourage others. Because maybe you're finding yourself in the same situation where you find yourself in the fetal position. Therefore, we'd love to talk it through.